Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Well, hello, gentlemen. Thanks for making AOA a part of your day today. We're going to talk through some of the market's movements with Aaron Newsom, Senior Analyst at Bar Chart, here in just a moment. Before segment three, John, excuse me, segment two, John Baranek of DTN Weather will be joining us. It's gearing up for another active week of forecast. John will fill us in on what he's expecting. Before we'll talk fuel in segment three with Aaron Rogie, Senior Product Manager with Cenex Refined Fuels. And then, folks, in segment four, we're going to keep talking fuel, but we're going to talk about the market perspective of the energy segment. Brian Milne, Refined Fuels Editor with DTN, will be joining us in segment four to look at what to expect in the diesel market here as we gear up for planting. Before we dive into any of that, however, let's talk through these markets. We've got some movements here to start the week. Darren Newsom, looks like wheat is trying to find another leg lower here today. What's going on? First things I noticed this morning was the July KC uh, hard red market took out its previous lows of 801 and a half and 799 on its way all the way down to 791 and a half. And, you know, so these being weather derivatives, and it'll be interesting listening to John uh, later on in this uh, in the program. Uh, but, you know, for the large, for the most part, the driest parts of the Southern Plains and Plains in general missed out on the precipitation the last three days. And if you overlay the 72 hour precipitation map with the latest U.S. drought monitor, you can just see that that area, particularly in, in western Oklahoma and southwest Kansas, they just didn't get anything. And here we are today, you know, July, Kansas City just dropping like a rock. Why? Because it's wheat. Now, that being said, it, this could be a head fake. Wheat is known for posting head fakes. So in other words, you take out the previous lows, you know, you think you're triggering all these sell signals and then the market comes back uh, and starts going back the other direction. So there's always that possibility. But, you know, why is uh, why is wheat down? The only answer that I have right now this morning is there's just more sellers than buyers. And that's really all there is to it. There's more sellers than buyers, as we see from time to time in the wheat complex, Darren, as you've noted before. While we think about the fundamental pictures around wheat, we've got that production bullseye in the southern plains, still the target of that exceptional drought. We've also got concern in Ukraine, regardless of whether or not this corridor gets re-signed. Darren, are they going to be planting as much wheat as the market is expecting? No. No, I don't. I don't see any reason why they would. In fact, you know, they would have planted it last fall. It's winter wheat, uh, and they and they most likely didn't get it planted. And I guess I don't make as big a deal out of the latest corridor. Uh, Russia's going to steal the grain one way or the other. Uh, they've probably shipped out everything that was available or the bulk of what was available that had any quality to it. Uh, so you know, whether or not there's a there's a, de a deal on another corridor remains to be seen. But to me, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, what, what I'm really interested in right now is, again, going out to the New Crop Chicago contract, again, that would take into account Ukraine. Um, you know, we're seeing the, that July-September future spread work its way out to a, to a bearish level of calculated full commercial carry. This just tells us that, you know, for whatever reason, the commercial side just simply is not concerned long term about, you know, U.S. supply and demand, particularly for soft red winter wheat. All right, Darren. Well, we saw March 1st come across the calendar last Wednesday, start of a new month, new time for some traders to put some practices into place. How has this month started out from the soybean perspective? Yeah, it's interesting. In both soybeans and soybean meal, we saw, we continue to see downtrends on their daily charts, so short-term downtrends. And so what happened was, you know, Monday, or excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the first three days of March, we saw the, the both markets close higher each day. And so this set up a potential uh, Benjamin Franklin fish similarity, which says that like guests and fish, markets start to stink three days moving against the trend. And so, you know, what I was looking for coming out of the weekend was the possibility of both markets being under pressure. We add in the fact, you know, it's probably the last meaningful 
uh, potentially meaningful harvest weekend from South America. Now, you know, we should be getting deeper into the season. I know a lot of areas aren't, but, you know, it's just similar. It's similar to being in September. Uh, it's the equivalent of being in September here in uh, North America. So, you know, harvest is just going to progress now. So there was a lot of there was a lot of potential for both soybeans and bean meal to work lower. We saw it, but we're not seeing that heavy selling to hit the market yet today. In fact, Darren, I just pulled up a quick look at the May soybean meal chart. I mean, we are kissing some contract highs here today. What do you watch as a potential ceiling here in meal prices as we get into the summer and see what Argentina is bringing to the table? You know, I, I think that's the key. I don't think we can. I don't think we can just say, you know, this is the top. There's nice round numbers to talk about. Certainly, five hundred dollars is out there. But as you said, you know, if we look at May meal, its previous high was four eighty eight sixty. Uh, and today we've been to 489 and a half already, and we're less than an hour into the session after trading overnight. So, you know, there's really nothing that's, I mean, the only top is in here was when buyers, when, when commercial side says, okay, we're going to have to find an alternate product to soybean meal. The world's largest exporter of bean meal just simply isn't going to be able to do it. They may come to the doors of the U.S. Uh, we don't necessarily have the supply of soybeans. We may have to import some soybeans uh, to meet some of that demand. So it'll be an interesting situation. I don't have a target that just says, you know, this is going to be the end. What we have to watch for is, you know, when are those future spreads going to start changing their course? So far, it just isn't happening. Darren, future spreads over in the corn market. What are they telling you as we head into planting season? Yeah, it's, it's here is a very interesting situation where we've got bullish spreads. I mean, we saw the May-July close at... 11 and three quarter cents inverse. And so that told us there was some sales being seen, being done old crop. And we saw those this morning. We saw a couple small sales, one to Japan, one to unknown destinations. Out in the new crop, you know, it's still covering just a very small amount of carry. I mean, it's still bullish. So despite the fact that it looks like we're going to have more acres and despite the fact it looks like weather could be better and therefore, you know, you combine those two, the possibility of production could be larger. The commercial side still convinced that, at least for now, that we could see a tighter situation, not as tight as this year, uh, but certainly we haven't completely solved the supply and demand situation here domestically. Now that could change. You know, a lot of it's going to depend on does demand stay strong Feed demand is expected to come down. Who knows about ethanol demand? Exports simply haven't taken off yet. So, I mean, there are still some questions out there, and we could see those spreads change. But for now, still showing us commercial traders bullish long term. Oh, all right, Darren, let's take a look over at the livestock markets. You mentioned that feed demand is expected to come down, these high input prices curtailing cattle production. What are you watching here in the markets for the livestock over the week? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing in livestock is you, this is just something you just can't step in front of, particularly in the cattle markets. You know, they're overbought. They keep giving bearish technical signals. Fundamentally, the spreads are telling us they're not as bullish as everyone believes. But at the end of the day, at the end of the week, they keep going higher. In the feeder cattle, I think we've got a similar situation to what we're dealing with in wheat, except for here we see buying continue. We've got, you know, we've got the plains very dry. We've got terrible uh, pasture conditions and so on and so forth. We're reducing the, the supplies of feeder cattle. And so, you know, they just keep pushing higher. And you know, the only thing I really like out here in the cattle markets right now, if we're a little concerned about how high they are, slip in there and buy some puts. If the volatility is low, there's not a lot of trade going on. So just, you know, buy some puts underneath this thing or right at the money. And then if they go off at zero, they did their job and, and the market just continues to go higher. Manage the risk when the opportunities are in front of you, folks. We've been talking with Darren Newsom, Senior Analyst at Bar Chart. Darren, thanks for joining us today. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me on again. Folks, stay with us. John Baranek, DTN Weather, will join us next with a look at the skies in the week ahead. Stay here for more AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from across the cooperative system. From global market access to local expertise, we'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. What a great organization, helping families in need like ours. It's a godsend. 
When an unexpected crisis strikes, Farm Rescue is here to help. Assistance is available free of charge to farm families experiencing a major injury, illness, or natural disaster. Our volunteers and equipment are ready to spring into action with planting, haying, and harvest support. If you or someone you know could use a helping hand, visit farmrescue.org today. On the first Wednesday of every month here on AOA, we get together for the Monthly Grind, a conversation about corn demand and the partnerships it takes to make that corn industry profitable with our friends from the National Corn Growers Association. Troy Schneider and Janice Hiley of the Market Development Action Team joined us looking ahead to Commodity Classic. Janice, are you excited? Next week, March 9th through 11th, will be the Commodity Classic. This year, it's being held in Orlando, Florida. Our booth is at the trade show floor and just amazing place to check out, by the way, if you're in town. And we're in booth 1603. Troy, what can farmers expect at the NCGA booth this year? Well, Mike, as the producers come on into the trade show floor, we're going to be there in the center stage as one of the main sponsors. And that's a good way for us to explain and to showcase our sustainability, our productivity, and our commitment to feeding and fueling this world that we live in. Again, NCGA will be in booth 1603 in Orlando at Commodity Classic. Tune in April 5th for the next Monthly Grind with our friends at NCGA. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AOA. You know, this past week, it warmed up a little bit across the central part of this country. And as I was traveling across Iowa and Illinois, saw a number of farmers with equipment backed out of the shed. They were turning some wrenches, getting geared up. It's that time of year to get excited. Let's hear if the weather's going to cooperate. Joining us next is John Baranek of DTN Weather. John, thanks for joining us this week. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Always good to see you. Well, let's look out to this week ahead, John. Farmers are getting ready to get ready to get into the field. Are we going to see any precipitation here across the Corn Belt this next week? Yeah, our active uh, weather pattern we've had going on all winter continues this week as well. You know, last week when I was looking at the weather, it was looking a lot calmer this week. Maybe one storm moving through, not too bad. Uh, but late last week, models kind of said, yeah, no, nah, it's going to be an active one instead. So uh, the one thing is that at least it's not going to be as cold as, um, as models were predicting last week. Um, that's one, I guess, good news, uh, bit to it, uh, that we don't have to worry about some deep freezes outside of some folks there in, in Canada, or maybe even the Northern Plains a little bit for a couple of days, but overall, not too bad on temperatures, but the precipitation train is going to be out and running. Uh, we've got one system that moved kind of across the Northern areas here, uh, started yesterday. And uh, I know me out, out here uh, outside of Minneapolis, I got another four inches of heavy, wet snow last night. Um, and there were a lot of folks up there that saw close to 12 inches again. So another big snowstorm yesterday. Uh, we've got another one coming, kind of sitting out over in the Rockies. It'll be developing some showers there out in the plains um, tomorrow and Wednesday. But we don't really get that system picking up steam until we get into Thursday. And that low pressure center will move out into the plains. Um, and we're going to see a big response in terms of precipitation across the middle of the country here. Uh, off to the north, it's going to be cold enough uh, for snow, and it could be some real heavy snow. Uh, it's hard to talk about amounts right now, but there could be a wide area that gets over a foot of snow yet again. 
And down towards the south, we got thunderstorms. So um, I don't know if they'll be as severe as we saw last week. Uh, we saw a pretty good chunk of severe weather late last week, but um, there is at least some potential for getting another round of, of some showers and thunderstorms moving through across southern areas as well. And then that's just you know that's just the, the first part of it. I mean, we'll have another system moving through over the weekend, and the active pattern continues through next week as well. So we're not really catching a break for for too many areas. You know, the one area, unfortunately, that is missing out on all of this is the southwestern plains. You know, mired in drought. Um, all of these systems basically just skip right over them and uh, develop rain off to their east. So it's uh, or or their north, and so uh, it's really not really not helpful for any of those folks with the hard red winter wheat in western Kansas down through the Texas Panhandle um, area. And you know that we've had issues with wind the last couple of days too. A couple of these systems might have some stronger winds to go along with it. So um, conditions continue to be pretty poor down there. They are. They are. I talked to folks across social media who are growing wheat, raising cattle down there in those southwestern portions of the Great Plains. And John, it is devastating, the severity of that drought. As you look out, as we transition from a La Nina into an El Nino, is there the possibility that those growers in the southern plains could get some moisture? Eventually, yes. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic about them. But until we hit that El Nino, uh, status, we're, we're still stuck with, with some terrible conditions, especially for the next couple of months, even with this active pattern. And it's been active since going back through uh, probably November. Um, I mean, it just hasn't mattered to those folks down there. Um, and that really kind of continues here for the next at least six weeks coming up. Um, by the time we hit summer, I think we're, we're into some more normal type precipitation patterns, which is good. Um, and less heat stress, uh, than the last couple of years, but still, I mean, oh, this area is just so deep in drought, um, that it's going to take more than a season of good rainfall during the summer to, to really get this area out of it. But, you know, during the winter time, um, and going into spring of 2024, if this El Nino does develop and, you know, that's still an, if all models are pointing to that, but that's still an, if, uh, if that does develop, I, I think we could see some conditions turning around down there, but, Again, we're going to have to go through this entire season first. All right, John. So now back to that system that's going to be causing some rain north of that drought bullseye in the southern plains. As it moves through the Corn Belt, is there the possibility for severe weather? There is. I think we have, I mean, it's not as great as I mentioned as last week, but I think um, even so, there, there's going to be some potential for it. Um, the, the little ball of energy that's moving through is not quite lined up the same way as it was last week, but uh, it's, a, it's a little similar. Um, so right now I'm kind of focused on kind of the Southeastern plain, Eastern Oklahoma, North Texas, um, up through Illinois, kind of getting that on, on Thursday. Um, and then kind of pushing its way towards the, the Tennessee Valley for Friday. And those could change, um, just a bit, depending on how fast this storm moves through and everything, or whether or not it can ingest enough, uh, moisture into it or whatnot. But, um, uh, that's kind of where I'm most concerned with, uh, at the moment. All right, John, looking far to the west, the state of California, Nevada, Utah, of course, those places that have been in that multi-year drought. I've seen some notes. It sounds like that drought has been pretty well alleviated across California. Is that the case? Yep. They, uh, the drought monitor update from last week, last Thursday, um, carved out a huge chunk of the Central Valley of California as being no longer in drought or in the weakest category, the D0, the abnormally dry. But I mean, if you look at snowpack, if you look at snow, soil moisture, anything you look at, um, it, it's, it would say that the drought is basically gone in California. So um, even, even parts of, uh, of the West that still have some significant drought patches in it, that would be across portions of Nevada and into Utah. Um, even there, the snowpack in the mountains is, is real good, way above normal for this time of year. It's only getting better. Uh, as we stay in this active pattern here for the next several weeks. Um, so things in the West are, are definitely turning, turning themselves around. All right, John. Well, let's take a look to the South, down to South America, Brazil, Argentina. Harvest is underway across Brazil. How's the weather cooperating with those growers? You know, it's been really amazing. We're in the heart of the wet season in Brazil. They're trying to get their soybean crop out and their safrina corn planted. Um, they had had, uh, really the last couple of months have been real wet for them and it's been difficult to do. They fell behind early, but uh, the latest, um, at least over the state of Matagrosso, the latest uh, data we got last week was that they've caught up 
in their soybean harvest and their safrina corn planting. Now they've still got a good chunk of the crop that's going to be planted beyond the, the preferred window, but uh, they were at least able to catch up. A little bit farther south in the states of Matagrosa de Sul and Paraná, which are also big uh, safrina corn planting areas, they're still far behind. It's still a little too wet out there for them. So their crop is going to be a, a lot more exposed to uh, the wet season, or I'm sorry, the dry season here coming up. And uh, La Nina tends to, to favor an early end of that. So um, we could be talking about a good chunk of that corn crop in the dry season before pollination. And uh, if that occurs, and um, we're going to have to watch out for, for some uh, drops in production there in Brazil. Uh, Argentina, on the other hand, has been, you know, we've been talking about it for months. It's um, just having just god-awful, terrible conditions that, to, to try and grow crops down there. They're not getting any help this week. Um, temperatures started rising up to hundred degrees again last week. That continues this week, as long as there's no showers and any showers that move through are pretty paltry outside, except for the far Southern area, um, might get a couple of days worth of some isolated showers. And, and, uh, at least a couple of models are, are putting down some decent precipitation there, but you know, a lot of this crop is kind of beyond help at this point. All right. Beyond help there in Argentina, of course, off the coast of Chile in the Pacific, we're watching the temperatures of that water for the La Nina-El Nino transition. And John, are we still pushing towards an El Nino to develop this year? Models are very consistent on their insistence that uh, we will be hitting it at some point this year. Um, they have a difference in timing and magnitude of the, the warmth that's coming. Um, but uh, it appears that, you know, late summer or early fall, it looks like we'll be in El Nino uh, uh, conditions here. So as we go into the, into the, into the winter time, we should see our, our pattern take a dramatic shift from where we have been the past couple of years. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to take some time. So, I mean, I know we're all getting excited about it, you know, getting, especially anybody out there West of the Mississippi, that's been kind of dealing with, uh, some harsh conditions, uh, over the last couple of years are really looking forward to it, but we still got to wait, uh, several months yet, but it is, it is coming. It's a slow process, but it is coming. It's coming, it's slow, but it's there. John, India, the country of India, how's the weather looking over there? Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of chatter recently about uh, what's going on in India. Of course, they have a giant wheat crop um, that they produce. They don't import or export much, but uh, when they have harsh conditions, they they don't get to really be involved in any exports and they have to uh, import at least some or, or you know, throw some bands down for exports. So, um, you know, that's a really important to watch out for. They've got some heat building up here this later this week and weekend, and that looks like continued for a while. So we may have some issues down there for the, the wheat crop in India. Some bold stories are developing in the wheat market. We'll see if the market takes notice. Folks, that's John Baranek, meteorologist with DTN Weather. And John, thanks for joining us this week. Always good to talk to you, Mike. Talk to you next week. Indeed, folks, stick around. Aaron Rogi with Cenex will join us when AOA returns. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. I think farming picked me. I didn't pick farming. I'm not afraid to try something new. It's my farm, my family, and our future. My channel Seedsman gets that. I get access to innovative products with personalized advice backed by data to maximize my yield potential. With Channel, I know I'll prosper for years to come. Define your future at channel.com slash future. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2022 Bayer Group. All rights reserved. Are you heading to Commodity Classic in Orlando? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. Get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar and I'll be broadcasting my show live from Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday from the Commodity Classic showroom floor. That's Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Orlando. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. Well, let's take a look at how things are starting off here on this Monday as we begin the week. We have the March World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report coming up on Wednesday. That is going to be a talking point for sure this week. We see the soy complex beans and meal doing their best to recover off the overnight lows, trading up slightly. 
corn right around unchanged. The wheat market's been under pressure, though, as we just see a lack of fresh news out there to start off the week. I mentioned that March WASDI report coming up Wednesday. We expect to see uh, Argentine corn and soy production cut once again by USDA in that report. Also expecting to see some changes to the balance sheet for corn, especially revisions to export demand for corn expected coming up on Wednesday. So we'll be keeping our eyes on the WASDI report closely. Also this week, watching what's going on in D.C. when it comes to the financial side of the market. Fed Chair Jerome Powell scheduled to testify before the U.S. Senate Banking Committee Tuesday and then again before the House Financial Services Committee on Wednesday. He's expected to get grilled on the central bank's intentions to continue raising interest rates and its corresponding handling of the nation's inflation problems. Now, traders will be parsing his words closely for signs that the central bank may be considering pivoting its policy here this year. And that's something we're going to keep our eyes on, how the stock market reacts and how the money flow reacts into commodities. Crude oil down uh, about 1% here in the overnight and continuing that way here on Monday trade, we see the stock market relatively quiet as well. Over in livestock, cattle, moderate strength in cattle led by the feeder trade, while hogs are under a little bit of light pressure as we work through Monday's session. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Keeping farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. With the advancements of today's high-tech engines, farmers often rely on one piece of equipment to accomplish what three used to do. This means equipment is even more valuable to an operation than past years, making downtime more detrimental, especially when heading into a busy planting season. Thankfully, the next generation of Senex Premium Diesel is here to provide your equipment with the power, precision, and protection they need to get the job done, even in the most challenging conditions. Here to speak with us about the benefits of the evolved Senex Premium Diesel Diesel can make on your operation is Aaron Rogi, Senior Product Manager at CHS. Aaron, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Excited to be here. Well, let's talk a little bit. Why should farmers invest in Senex Premium Diesel rather than a typical number two diesel? Great question. It, it's crucial that our farmers invest in a high quality diesel fuel uh, such as Cenex Premium Diesel rather than a typical number two diesel, given the demands uh, of technology these days. Really, it's, it's super important that we keep heavy duty equipment in peak condition because it not only helps decrease downtime and repair costs, but it also increases the lifespan of equipment and protects those important large investments that operators have. Um, Cenex Premium Diesel Fuels extend engine health by keeping our engines running cleaner and longer with optimal engine performance, even in super tough conditions. And we're really excited, Mike, because the enhanced additive package in Cenex Premium Diesel is terminally injected to provide superior performance, protection, and power, and to keep equipment running stronger and longer than ever before. Uh, this terminally injected piece is really important. Um, it ensures that our Cenex Premium Diesel is precision blended and that people are getting what they pay for in terms of performance and quality. 
In fact, Cinex is one of the only distributors that has an expansive network to deliver a terminally injected premium diesel product to its network. Aaron, you mentioned that Cinex Ruby Fieldmaster has been enhanced. Can you tell us a little bit about how that formulation has changed? Sure, you couldn't tell I was excited, huh? So let's talk about the enhancements we've made to our Cinex Ruby Fieldmaster formulation. So Cinex has been and continues to be committed to fueling innovation. And our premium diesel fuels are formulated to protect not just current, but also future equipment technology. And, and we always are striving to exceed those evolving emission standards that we keep hearing more about. This next generation of Cinex premium diesel fuel products contains an evolution, not a revolution, of our successful additive formulation. We really built from a very successful history of innovation in our Cinex premium diesel uh, formulation thus far. But this improved formula includes key additives that impart benefits that our Cinex customers have relied on for years. Again, we didn't take anything away. Uh, we just made it better to ensure that we're providing superior performance for their operations. Erin, what benefits will farmers notice as they prepare for spring planting? Well, a whole host of benefits, Mike, will help our farmers as they look towards planting season and a successful season at that. Uh, really using Cynics Ruby Fieldmaster is going to help set our farmers up for a very successful planting season by optimizing how their engines perform and providing that efficiency when it's needed most. We all know that when it's time to go, it's time to go, and there is no time to waste, especially when we're talking about planting. So um, first off, we now have in this enhanced formulation an advanced aggressive detergency that keeps those engines running cleaner and it provides optimal engine performance and efficient combustion. So when compared to our previous generation formula, Cinex Refuel Master is now 40% more effective at breaking down harmful engine deposits and two and a half times more effective in cleaning up injector deposits specifically. It also helps prevent further deposit buildup in dirty equipment. It's really going to clean up your entire system. And then with maximum filterability and improved biostability, Cenex Premium Diesel keeps filters, fuel injectors, pumps, all clear of contaminants with 75% less filter blocking. Plus the new formula provides 20% better biostability to preserve fuel integrity and reduce contamination that negatively impacts fuel performance. As we all know, we're hearing more and more about bio, biodiesel uh, within uh, the nationwide network of fuels. And so we at Cenex believe it's always the best to keep your system as clean as possible and prevent and protect it against um, any sort of uh, altered environment that a biofuel can provide. Protecting that engine is so crucial. Aaron, you've talked in the past about how water is the number one enemy for diesel fuel and how it impacts the operation negatively. Can you talk to us about how Cenex Ruby Fieldmaster prevents water issues? Sure. Um, when we looked at enhancing our formulation, we knew that we had to put water as at the top of the list as the first thing we needed to focus on and manage completely. And so as we all know, as we approach planting, temperature fluctuations in the spring can impose water-related issues on equipment. And so during the spring, because temperatures can shift above and below freezing, water can seep inside a bulk tank and contaminate the fuel. If that fuel makes it into a piece of equipment, the accompanying water, a lot of water, can damage fuel filters and injectors and cause corrosion throughout your fuel line. Um, it just does, it, water does a ton of damage to a fueling system if left unchecked. So keeping water out of fuel is of utmost importance to prevent performance issues within your equipment. The new enhanced um, formulation of Cynex Premium Diesel includes a really exciting two-phase total water management system that preserves fuel integrity to protect filters and injectors and in safeguarding the combustion system. It really is a one-of-a-kind formulation that first in phase one separates the gross majority of water from fuel and then allows that water to settle at the bottom of the tank for easy drainage. But then, and this is the super cool part, 
in phase two, it entrains or encapsulates any remaining negligible water molecules that are left behind to safely move them through the engine's combustion cycle. It is a total water management solution. Let's talk storage. Erin, how does Senex Premium Diesel help with fuel storage? All right. Well, again, when we talk storage, we have to talk water. And so when it comes to storing fuel, water is, again, one of the biggest issues. And this two-phase total water management system is the best in the industry for separating water from fuel in the tank and then properly handling the minor amount that's left behind so that it passes safely through the combustion system. It makes it easy to drain water from tanks, keeping your tanks clean and minimizing, if not eliminating, contaminants. Then we also have that tried and true storage stability in Cenex Premium Diesel Fuels that our customers have come to depend on. This storage stability also allows the fuel to tolerate extreme temperatures and leads to an extended storage life in comparison to a typical number two diesel. This protects your fuel investments and really gives you peace of mind when you need your fuel. Uh, it's going to be ready to power your equipment and get the job done. Aaron, tell us, where can people go to learn more? Well, your first stop is always going to be your local Cenex dealer. They really are your partner in optimizing your operation by helping you find the right products for your needs to get you up and keep you running and make sure that you're maximizing the time you have and, and optimizing the performance of your equipment. But we also encourage you to visit Cenex.com to learn more about Cenex Premium Diesel Fuel, its new enhancements and all of the benefits it can provide to your operation. So check out Cenex.com and see everything we've got in this next generation of Cenex Premium Diesel Fuels. That's Aaron Rogi, Senior Product Manager at CHS. Aaron, thanks for joining us today. Thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate it. And we've got news coming from around the world as well worth discussing. In fact, we've got protests happening again this week over in Europe. In the Netherlands on Friday in Brussels, of course, the, uh, the, the seat of government for the Netherlands, also the seat of government for the European Union, was the scene of yet another farmer protest to end the week last week. Earlier on in the week, farmers in Flanders, a northern region of the Netherlands, had a chance to take a look at a proposal put forward by the government in order to reduce levels of nitrogen oxide, nitrous oxide, in the air and water. And uh, the farmers did not appreciate the proposal. They did not like a lot of the details that they were looking at. So the Belgian government got together with the regional government and had a 16-hour long talk to try and flesh out some of the differences, and they were not successful midway through the week. So farmers have now returned to the capital in a bid to just show the ruling party how frustrated they are with several of these proponents. A number of the signs uh, were similar to what we saw this past summer as farmers again stood up for their uh, their right to farm in that country. A number of the signs said things like proud to be a farmer. They said we're working together with the people to produce good food. Keep an eye out for those who raise your food. And ag organizations also came together in a joint statement saying that, quote, the nitrogen agreement as it now stands will cause a socioeconomic carnage, and they want the agreement to better reflect proposals from the farm sector. Now, whether or not those proposals will be taken seriously remains to be seen, but those discussions, it sounds like, are being held right now in Brussels. Uh, farmers had been attacking, not, not attacking, but protesting in front of not just uh, Netherland Dutch government officials, but also in front of EU headquarters had dumped much manure and had started fires to block traffic in a bid to show the EU that they do not appreciate these policy moves. Folks, stay with us. We'll talk energy with Brian Milne, the energy editor at DTN here when AOA returns. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike. 
block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. I think farming picked me. <laughs> I didn't pick farming. I'm not afraid to try something new. It's my farm, my family, and our future. My channel Seedsman gets that. I get access to innovative products with personalized advice backed by data to maximize my yield potential. With channel, I know I'll prosper for years to come. Define your future at channel.com slash future. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2022 Bayer Group. All rights reserved. Pride. It runs deep for those in agriculture. But that pride can also prevent farmers from asking for help when it's needed most. An injury, illness, or natural disaster is a heavy burden for any operation to bear. Farm Rescue is here to help shoulder that burden. We are a nonprofit organization helping farm families in crisis with free planting, haying, and harvesting assistance. There is no pride lost when it comes to Farm Rescue. Learn more at farmrescue.org. On the first Wednesday of every month here on AOA, we get together for the monthly grind, a conversation about corn demand and the partnerships it takes to make that corn industry profitable with our friends from the National Corn Growers Association. Troy Schneider and Janice Hiley of the Market Development Action Team joined us looking ahead to Commodity Classic. Janice, are you excited? Next week, March 9th through 11th, will be the Commodity Classic. This year, it's being held in Orlando, Florida. Our booth is at the trade show floor and just amazing place to check out, by the way, if you're in town. And we're in booth 1603. Troy, what can farmers expect at the NCGA booth this year? Well, Mike, as the producers come on into the trade show floor, we're going to be there in the center stage as one of the main sponsors. And that's a good way for us to explain and to showcase our sustainability, our productivity, and our commitment to feeding and fueling this world that we live in. Again, NCGA will be in booth 1603 in Orlando at Commodity Classic. Tune in April 5th for the next monthly grind with our friends at NCGA. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you're someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. MatchingDonors.com. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from across the cooperative system. From global market access to local expertise, we'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. 
Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Oil that runs smart. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AOA. The American farmer is about six to eight weeks away from using a prodigious amount of diesel fuel to get this 2023 crop in the ground. And given that we're getting close to that, I figured it was time to check in on the health of the energy industries broadly. Joining us now for that update is Brian Milne. He serves as the energy editor for DTN. And Brian, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, let's talk about what's developing here in the crude market. Brian, we've got China coming back to life after three years of COVID shutdowns. Is the concern that their demand going to push prices higher here for crude oil prices? Yes, there is that concern. We saw some of that earlier this year with a good uh, nice jump in crude prices. They've come off a bit, though, because there is some question of, of, of the durability of China's strength. Um, China came out over the weekend calling for gross domestic product growth this year, uh, targeted around 5%, which is certainly below the 6% that they had before pre-COVID. Um, so there is some concern about how strong that demand will be. But nonetheless, uh, China is, is seen as being a big factor in supporting higher food prices later in the year. Um, so something we're looking at right now. Absolutely. Brian, you know, over the past year, we've heard a lot of conversation about China getting politically more close to Russia in order to grab perhaps some of these uh, these com commodities at a fire sale price. Is China buying much crude on the full global market or are they securing a lot directly from Russia? They are they, they are buying a lot more from Russia than they have in the past. Um, they are also buying U.S. crude, though I would say they have been uh, pretty big buyers uh, recently, and they have uh, spread their uh, you know their buying habits. Um, you know, with Saudi Arabia, um, uh, a little bit less so, more so from Russia, especially, and, and also from the U.S. So, but it's something we're taking a look at. It looks like China's just taking this approach of trying to ensure they have a lot of commodities going uh, going into this year, uh, making sure their storage levels are high. So. Uh, Maybe that might be why they're buying some of the U.S. crude, but definitely they have um, worked some closer, have closer relationships with Russia uh, over this past year, and um, they are taking advantage of buying more Russian supply at a lower price. Well, that certainly makes sense. You mentioned they were buying some domestic supplies. Brian, how are domestic drillers doing? Are these prices encouraging them to put more pipes in the ground? We actually were seeing a bit of a slowdown from that. Um, we've had, um, we are still seeing growth. In fact, if you look, the government is anticipating that U.S. crude production will climb by 5% this year. It's like they're expecting an almost 600,000 barrel per day increase. Um, but the pace is slowing down a little bit. Um, we saw that with, uh, on Friday, we had a recent report from a company called Baker Hughes looking at the third week of declining uh, uh, rigs. Um, being 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 used, being deployed in the field, that's at nearly a six-month low. But this does follow that we had a real big peak, rather, in um, in WTI crude prices um, last year, and so they've come off from that high. And typically, you see a reaction to the uh, rate of drilling about you know 18, 19, 20 weeks later. So we're seeing that now. Um, but the the growth is. You know, we are still expected to see some production growth, but much more of it at a slower pace. Um, what you have going on right now is the upstream, uh, your upstream, they're called upstream in the drilling at capacity. They are focusing more on cash discipline. Uh, we've heard about this before, but they're being very careful to reducing costs and they're taking a slower approach um, to their drilling activity. All right. So we're seeing that slow down. Certainly makes sense. They're going to follow what develops here in the market. Brian, further downstream, I think, from the drilling is the refining and processing capacity. We had a squeeze in diesel capacity in 2022. As 2023 gets underway, are refiners a little more balanced? Do we have enough diesel here as we head into the summer? 
We have seen uh, some pretty good growth in diesel stocks um, this year. Um, that has come largely from lower demand for diesel, um, it, it, mainly from the manufacturing side. Manufacturing activity in the United States you know, consumes about 40% of your uh, of your diesel needs. Um, so that has helped stocks improve. Um, Overall, we are seeing refiners gradually tilt their production rates more towards diesel. They only have a limited ability to do that because of the way the crudes are and the way the processing units are. But we have seen them, at least incrementally, increasing their yield to, to produce more diesel. And we did get a big uh, refinery expansion that came online in January down in Texas. Um, ExxonMobil added uh, 250,000 barrels per day of capacity. So that it's helped alleviating a little bit of that pressure we saw last year. Um, but the biggest factor really in, in the growth of, of the diesel stocks has been because of less demand, because of the slowdown in manufacturing activity in the United States. All right. So that economic slowdown, hopefully driving down demand, driving down prices. With all of that being the case, Brian, as you look out through 2023, is the basis for, uh, for crude prices to the upside? Is that where the risk lies, in your opinion? It's, it's a real tricky one to look at it. You, you do see the upside because later in the second half of this year, there is the expectation that this is globally, that demand will, will overtake, uh, production rates. So you'll see, you, you'll see what they call more pull downs, more, more drawdowns, that is, of, of inventory. Um, so that is the expectation that you, you will see higher prices later in the year. However, you have to push that against the potential for an economic slowdown. Uh, globally in the United States. So if we do see, um, you know, the word recession, you know, later this year, that could mean, you know, that, that would certainly temper prices. So it's very, it's very unclear right now, um, as they say, you may be as clear as mud, as they might say, but uh, you do have these two d d dynamics that are, that are pulling at each other. They so, certainly uh, are. So we'll this watch as the year goes on, folks. We've been talking with Brian Milney, DTN Refined Fuels Editor. And Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mike. And folks, tune in tomorrow. We'll take a look at the impact of potatoes with Cam Quarles, Executive Director of the National Potato Council. We'll see you then for more AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel. Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Are you heading to Commodity Classic in Orlando? Stop by the Trelleborg booth and see me, Mike Pearson, for some exciting live radio and learn about the new HF1000 steel belted tire and features that minimize soil compaction. Get a cup of coffee at the Barista Bar and I'll be broadcasting my show live from Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursday and Friday from the Commodity Classic showroom floor. That's Trelleborg booth 1423 from 10 to 11 a.m. We'll see you in Orlando. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Nothing offers an opportunity to bond and give thanks quite like breaking bread together. This is especially true as we welcome our troops back home and keep those who are still stationed overseas in our hearts. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Since 2011, the Gary Sinise Foundation's Serving Heroes program has shown gratitude to our nation's defenders and their families by serving up nearly 500,000 hearty classic American meals at travel hubs and military locations. And now, together with our friends at Bob Evans Farms and their Our Farm Salutes program, we will help to provide even more meals nationwide, offering our defenders a taste of home and a feeling of togetherness around the table. Help us show America's gratitude through food and fellowship. Look for the Bob Evans Our Farm Salutes purple packaging at your grocery store and visit ourfarmsalutes.com to learn more. While we can never do enough to support the men and women who serve together, we can make a difference, bite by bite.